everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I'm your host, Camille, and again, I'm joined by my friend, Kayla. And oh my gosh, it's an honor. It is crazy honor. Honor, honor, honor. Because we get to interview Nikki Deloach, who has like, how many Hallmark movies have you been in? <laughs> Over 10? <laughs> Never enough. Never I know. enough. <laughs> you, what, what, what was your first Hallmark movie? Christmas Land. Oh yeah, with um, Luke. With Luke McFarlane. What a yummy, like what a yummy actor he is. He's so good. He's so good I, and such a such a kind person. I know. And um, his movie this year, Christmas in My Heart, broke my heart. <laughs> One of the best movies we've seen out of out of what? Really? Out oh, I'll have to find it and watch it. It's called Christmas from the Heart. Christmas, Christmas in my heart. In my heart. Christmas yeah. in my heart. Okay. Thanks for telling me. Your movie came out. It's called Five More Minutes. Five More Minutes. Yeah. And it is based on um, Scott McCreary's song with the same title. Um, how did you, first of all, get to hear about this movie? Well, um, Actually, there is a story behind that. Um, there are usually is, but this one specifically, because um, it wasn't one that um, I developed and produced. It was just one that Hallmark sent me and um, said, we, we really would love for you to do this. Take a look at the script and let us know what you think. And then they sent it to me two days after my dad died. And... So I saw the title and I saw that it was based on Scotty's song. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I I just can't even think. I mean, like, I can't even think about work or any of that right now. And then the night before I know the night before my dad's funeral, I couldn't sleep. And I was up all night and it was literally like three o'clock in the morning. And I go, oh, well, you know what? I might as well read the script and see how the script is, right? And I started reading it. And of course I sobbed. (laughs) Um, And there were all of these signs throughout, and I don't want to give anything away, but- Hopefully most more people would have seen the movies after. By the time we released this- Yeah, you're right, right, we're after. So there were all these signs in the script of these little nuggets of information that were so deeply connected to my dad, all of these weird things, like phrases that were used. And, you know, one of the characters loved barbecue sandwiches and my dad's favorite was barbecue sandwiches. And it sounds so silly, but when you add all of it up, and also, as you know, the movie is about finding hope and faith inside of tremendous grief. So it's opening yourself up to the signs, to the idea that when people leave us in their earthly form, that they actually don't leave us, yeah. that they're, they are with us always. Yeah. And so I just felt my dad so deeply while I was reading it. And I had a conversation with him at, you know, four o'clock in the morning by the time I finished it. And I was like, I feel like this is something that you're telling me that I need to do. And I 
heard and felt very clearly that my dad was saying, you need to do this and you need to say yes. And um, I knew that if I was going to shoot in Vancouver and I knew it was going to be a really hard thing for me to do. And so I, I knew I wanted the perfect director. And so I emailed Penny Perry back, who is the head of casting for Hallmark and my, my own life angel. I love her so much. And I said, um, I will say yes, if Linda Lisa Hader can direct it. And then she wrote back immediately and said, Linda Lisa Hader is actually set to direct it. <laughs> so it's like fate. Yeah, there's all of these like, you know, the universe, God, I, I'm a person of faith, so I say God, but you can say universe, whatever that, that is for you. Um, it was very clear that like, you know, the path has been lined up, like get on the path and take the journey. And boy, was it a journey. Um, so that's what made me say yes. It was, it was my dad. It was the script. It was the timing. It was Linda. Um, it was all those things that kind of came together that made me understand that God was really telling me that this was something that was really important for me to do. Yeah. yeah. God, I'm going to start crying already. <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the way, I told my mom, I was like, listen, I, like a week into filming, not even a week, I think like two days into filming, I said to her, I was like, you're going to need a box of Kleenex for this one. I'm just <laughs> warning you. I mean, <laughs> this, this already. What's that? Has she seen it already? No, no, no. So here's another God moment, right? Um, my brother texted me, this was a couple weeks ago and said, um, dad's birthday is coming up. So my dad's birthday, um, is on the 19th of November. So that's, <laughs> yep. And, um, he says, and my brother just had a new baby and I have not gotten to meet his baby yet. And so my brother was like, well, how would you feel about coming home for the weekend? And on dad's birthday, and you know, it's going to be sad and hard as it is, but what if you come home and you meet my baby? And then I thought I, I, I immediately was like, yes, I absolutely want to do that. And then right after I said yes to it, I thought, oh my gosh, my movie is airing the day after, and I'm going to actually be able to watch it with my mom and my sister Aww. and my brother and his wife and my sister's family. And so I, I, it just was every once in a while, not even every once in a while, I, I continue to be in awe and in wonder, like of the ways in which your angels and God and it all works. Cause you know, we're going to experience loss and we're going to go through really hard things. Like that's yeah. life. We were never promised a life that was easy. No. It's, it's hard, yeah. but if we can pry ourselves open and we can be on the lookout for the signs and the signals, then magic happens and miracles happen. And I, you know, this, this whole thing has been touched by that magic since the beginning. And that's what Christmas is all about anyway, magic and family and love. So it's perfect. It is exactly what it's about. <laughs> um. Because like it was based in North Carolina, the the movie was based in North yeah. Carolina. My grandparents met in Durham, North Carolina, at Fort Bragg. Did they really in World War II? <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, then this movie is like. 
Oh, because yeah. it weaves in that time yeah. period yeah. of war. We go into yeah. we flash back. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I was just up there. I had a cousin get married not too, too long ago, Halloween weekend, not too long ago. And I was just up there with my mother. And uh, so, and my uncle was like, and he, and he, the house that she lived in was been obviously remodeled, but it's still standing. And, and so wow. we were talking about it then. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> but um, you mentioned that you knew the movie was based on the song uh, yes. that Scotty did. And I'm a huge fan of him, by the way, because I'm, oh, I'm actually from South, so I'm from South Carolina. So uh and that's where he lives yeah um so yeah I was just like I have to support him because he's from the Carolinas and everything and everything but um were you a fan of his before this movie before you took on this role I knew the song and I was a fan of the song but I had not listened to just, you know, being honest, I had not listened to the breadth of all of his other music. Right. And now I'm very familiar with him. <laughs> he's been supporting he's this movie. He's been posting on his social media about this movie. Like, really? yes. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yay. We actually, I actually saw. The- Did he tag me? Yes, he <laughs> Dickie, on Facebook anyway. Yes, I, I did. I did notice that his picture was there on the wall in the in the school for a little bit, right oh, next to yours for like for like um to t- teacher of the year award or something. I guess you, it was his picture than yours. We I, call I'm those a- like I think they're called like eggs. You leave little like Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, uh, in our industry where we put little, I had, I have a director that I love working with. His name is Gary Yates. He did, um, a dream of Christmas and he did sweet autumn. Both I did with Andrew Walker. And he told me because I didn't catch this when I did a dream of Christmas, but in sweet autumn, we were on one of the locations and there was a picture of Danica, uh, in, in like in the set dressing. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, that's Danica. Guys, do you know you have a, like I was saying, the set deck. I said, do you know you have a picture of Danica? Like the audience is going to know. I mean, audience is going to know it's Danica. <laughs> and, um, and Gary, I guess, in every single movie that he does, he puts up a framed picture of Danica McKellar. It was my favorite thing on the planet. So then we started thinking about like, what kind of little Easter eggs can we leave? in certain movies and I love that they did that with Scotty's picture in this one. I, I wonder how many people will catch that. I I saw the I saw it four times and I think I caught it on the fourth time. <laughs> Good. That meant I was doing my job. <laughs> but yeah, he's actually been posting quite a bit um promoting the movie. So oh that's so nice. Oh I hope I hope all his fans come over and watch it. Uh, I, ugh, ugh. I, I keep telling people like you're gonna need tissues it's gonna be heartbreaking <laughs> and of course you do hear the song at the very end of the movie so yeah yeah so, yeah um, how your co-star in this movie was um David Hayden Jones I love him I've I've seen him in like almost all of his Christmas movies mm. this is like Bramble House Oh yeah. Bramble House, by the way, is a notorious movie for Hallmark. It was, 
I think the year that Bramble House came out, it was like the number one movie. Um, and also it's the movie like as a producer, I was told to watch to know how I, how the set decorations needed to be because it, it, they basically like look like Christmas is, you know, vomited all over the place in Bramble House. And like in a great way, in the best way, in the happiest of happy ways. But they were like, you need to watch that movie to understand what we want our sets to look like. And I was like, got it. Um, David Hayden Jones, he is, um, he was such a surprise and a delight. Like I, I didn't know much about him, but he was probably one, he is actually one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my life, ever. Um, which says a lot because I feel like I've met a lot of really, really bright people. Um, but he was just remarkably impressive, like so impressively smart and such an open and kind soul. We played the same, our acting techniques and how we work are exactly alike. Um, that was the first time for me that I ever had a co-star who worked exactly how I work. Mm -hmm. um, we play in the world of imagination instead of substituting our own life experiences in the moments, you know, like what a, what a, what an act, a lot of actors use the technique of substitution where they will, if it's a breakup scene, they will recall a breakup that they once had and kind of bring up those feelings and use them in that moment. And I found that it, that never really felt organic to me. And it also didn't feel really like authentic to these other characters in this moment. And so um, I use an imagination-based technique where I get to like build this character from the ground up um, and then use my imagination to build moments of her life. And David works exactly the same way. So that was a first for me. And it was, it was so delightful and so refreshing. He is a joy to work with. I, I love those movies. You guys had some really great scenes. What were so behind, uh, what was your favorite scene to work with, with him? You know, I don't know if I have like a specific like favorite. Oh, actually, I don't, well, I don't know if I have a specific like favorite scene. Um, I just have an overall feeling of like doing this movie was very, very, very hard for me. Um, and he was such a support system. And in like when before beginning scenes and stuff, because we work very similarly, he would connect with me and be like, you know, this is where we are. And this is where we've come from. And this is you. And this is me, meaning our characters, right? And would kind of like connect with me and be like, are you ready to do this? You ready to go have some fun? You know, he, he was a cheerleader. He was um, like emotionally and mentally and like very, very supportive throughout this entire process, which I appreciated so much. And I just felt like he was kind of hold like just allowing like holding a space um 
And that was, that was a really beautiful thing. So it was not like one scene. I mean, I think my, one of my favorite scenes of the movie actually um, is the, the moment um, with Clara at the very end before she realizes that um, Jay is her grandfather. And there's that beautiful scene where they're eating the peppermint yeah. sticks, the candy canes. Um, that was my favorite scene of the tell, movie. And you tell her, you tell her like all the things that you would want to tell your grandfather without really telling, without knowing that that was, you were telling. Oh, no. That one it. broke me. <laughs> I, was, I was okay all throughout that movie. <laughs> but then like when you, when, it, when we realized that's your grandfather, you're actually, it was just like, oh. Yeah, it was, like, it, it, was really... like, it was like, oh, that, oh, <laughs> yeah, it really was like that, that moment. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's my favorite scene. My second favorite scene is also with the same actor who was such a beautiful, beautiful soul. And it's the scene where he first comes into the shop for the first time and grabs the help wanted mm-hmm. sign. And there's that little spark of magical realism. I love playing in that world. And this is a movie that you know, you do, I, I hate to say suspend belief because it actually, these, you know, they do come and visit us and they do send us signs and they are talking to us all yeah. the time, I feel like. But there's that magical spark of magical realism in that moment when he walks into the door and it, there's there's something about him that I can't quite place, but he feels so familiar to me, right? Um, I love playing scenes that have, something like that underneath that you're not saying, but there's a lot of subtext. And um, I think that, that those are, that's why the two of those are my favorite. Um, the actress who played your mother in the movie was Sherry Miller. How was it yes. working with her? She is just fantastic. And I'm not just saying this because you probably think that everybody like gets on here and talks about how wonderful they're, you know, but man, she was just, she's so grounded and still and present. And it's an energy that, you know, I'm kind of exists like up here and I'm, you know, a little bubbly and energetic and I, you know, kind of bounce off the walls a little bit and, <laughs> Her energy is so just anchored in her body and and, and in the earth. And so being able to work alongside that and having that energy kind of like pull you into certain moments was so delicious to work with. I absolutely adore her. I love her. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I loved your scenes. Of, a lot of your scenes together were beautiful. You yeah. can just tell. One, a, one thing um, that I loved about this movie is that she got her, she was able to have her own romantic storyline as well. Like, Love. you know, because a lot of, I we, we started a Facebook group called Hallmark Movie Fans for Diversity because a lot of, a lot of Hallmark groups that I was in was very not gonna not gonna be I'm gonna be blunt it was very anti anti homosexuality anti POC you know what I mean and so yeah 
it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I want to start a group that celebrates these things. So that's what we did was we started a group that was pretty much focused on celebrating the, the steps that Hamak has taken with diversity and inclusion. One of my our members was saying that she wanted a storyline where, where it was an older couple finding love. I was like, yeah. oh, you're going to love this movie, man. You're going to be so happy with this movie. Yes. Well, I think, gosh, you say something, and by the way, you can always be blunt with me. I'm, I have a problem with telling the truth. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> don't ask me anything. If you like, I always say to people, like, don't ask me if you don't want the truth. Like, just please don't ask me. Don't put that, <laughs> me in that position to not tell you the truth. And my manager even says often, like, just be more mysterious. You don't have to like <laughs> always tell the truth about everything. <laughs> And I just told me on my Instagram page, Camille, maybe you should not have put that in their stories. I was like, why not? I'm allowed to still post my thoughts. <laughs> you are, yes, you are very much allowed to post your thoughts. And, you know, and, and we're living in this time where it's, um, it's so difficult, difficult to be honest sometimes because, you know, you feel like if you are honest about something, then you can get you know, uh, haters because you're honest. And then if you're not honest about it, then you can get haters because you're not being honest. And you kind of are stuck in this place of like, what do I do? How do I exist in this, in this culture now? Right. And I feel like, um, honesty is always the best policy and being authentic. And so I love that you shared that with me. And, you know, I also love that we're, able now at Hallmark, you know, and they're wanting to open up the stories even more, right? I mean, I know that Megan and I, I think we're going to be talking to you guys whenever the movie Next that month. we wrote comes out. <laughs> and I can't wait for you to see that, Camille, because it's the first ensemble movie for Hallmark where the A, the a storyline is not a love, it's not a romance. And uh, that's a B storyline maybe even a C storyline actually. Uh, but, and there's, a, there's diversity in the casting and the, in the one relationship that's marriage, like there's, there's lots of diversity, there's lots of inclusion. And there's also a, you know, a different way to tell stories. We don't always have to do the boy meets girl or girl meets boy. They fall in love. Like I have been saying this for years at the network of like, we can tell bigger stories. Like our audience is hungry for it. Like at the end of the day, I think what, what I say is actually like, I know you guys think that this network is about love, but actually what it is about hope. Yep. You know, it's, it's about hope that there can be a happy ending. And I think that our audience, no matter how they get that happy ending, whether it's a story of a mom and a dad, uh, or I mean, of a, a daughter and a father or a mother and a daughter or a, a relationship between a husband and a wife who've been separated or, you know, um, a group of kids and like Christmas for Keeps on the precipice of 30 who have their first loss, the big loss they've really experienced and they come home to kind of grieve and celebrate at the same time. And, you know, whatever it is, we can tell all kinds of stories. We just, our job is just to provide hope inside of all of that. And as long as we're doing that, we're giving our audience what they want and what they desire. So that's kind of the, 
that's kind of what I always have always felt this network was about. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. I 100% agree. And I'm so happy that you think this way too, because like for me, my biggest, I've, my biggest complaint for so many years with Hallmark was I feel like I didn't see myself as an yeah. Asian woman in the story yeah. and stuff. A lot of, I, I've done a podcast before where I pretty much called out Hallmark where they were hiring white passing POC to play white characters, ignoring their actual cultural identity. And those who were not white passing were relegated to just best friends or concierge. Yes, yes. And so it's like, now I see there's a difference, but it took, yes. it's taken so long to get there. You know what I mean? Yes, um, that's true. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like they are there now and I'm so happy that they are there now and everyone's there now. And, um, and it was important. It was important to tell those stories many years ago, right. When they weren't being told. And, um, and, and, you know, I think that it's never too late to do the right thing. No, it's never too late. At the end of the day. And I, you know, it's, it's easy for me to, 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 to like, you know, at the end of the day, like when you don't see yourself represented and I've seen myself represented in television my whole life because I am a white woman. Right. I, I and, can say the same thing. So and you can say the same thing. Now I may not have loved how we were always presented as like the, the funny or not even the funny wife, like the wife that just has to set up jokes for the funny guy or like, the girlfriend that didn't really have an arc or wasn't really given anything. And then the white boyfriend or husband who like gets to like be the, the clown of the movie and like all these different things that like, you know, I, or you didn't see business women for a long time, or you didn't see complex female characters, but like at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, I saw a version of myself on television and for the longest time, people of color only saw themselves in these stereotypical, if they were going to be placed in uh, a movie or a TV show, it was in these very stereotypical racist narratives. Yep. And so I, I, and I can't imagine, I mean, I can actually imagine how that feels but I don't know what it feels like to walk in those shoes, if that makes sense. Like I, I have a problem when people are like, I can't imagine, like, yes, you can imagine, do your best, close your eyes and imagine. Like, of course you can imagine, but like you, you don't know what it's like, but you can imagine that it could be hard and very, very painful and really isolating. And also that message constantly of like, in order to belong, this is what you have to look like, or this is what you have to be like. And, you know, a little girl who's like looking at herself in the mirror and her skin color is different and she's different. It's like, oh, so does that mean I don't belong? Yeah. That's really painful. Yeah. It, 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 it took a while for me to be okay with <laughs> that, you know, because yeah. you don't see yeah. it. But anyway, um, your character, Clara, again, um, recently lost her grandfather. You lost your dad recently. Um, 
if you could have five bit, more minutes with your father, what would you like to say or do? <laughs> um, <laughs> that is a really hard question. Um, <laughs> part of me, I've thought about that so much because of this movie and part of me thought that I would tell him, right? All the ways, all the things that he taught me, but I have told him that I did get those opportunities. Um, so yes, I would tell him again, but I think I would just, I honestly would just hug him for five full minutes. I think I would just hold his hand and I would hug him and I would maybe pick some peanuts. We used to always like go and pick peanuts and pe pecans up off the ground outside because I think the thing that's really hard is even though I know my dad is here and he talks to me all this time and, and he um, is looking out for me, not being able to touch them and hold them is, it's so painful. And so I always thought if I could just get five more minutes back, I think I would just <laughs> squeeze the love. I would just squeeze everything out of him and, and touch him and hold him. And, um, and yeah, I would, I would tell him all over again, how much I love him and how much he means to me. And also, um, if you could see him right now, would you like to see him in a, a younger form? Like, like Clara saw mm. Jerry? Or would you like to see him in the form that you remember him as? Well, you know, he was so sick when he died, I've never seen a person actually look that sick in my life. And I was with him um, when he took his last breath. And towards the end, you know, you begin when they're suffering like that, you begin to pray for mercy instead of praying for the miracle of his life being saved in some, you know, crazy way, even though Pick's disease is fatal and there is no, there is no um, saving him from that. But um, I would like to remember him the way he was before this disease, before the disease literally took everything from him, took his mind, it took his body, um, it took everything. And so I would like to remember him. And that's the thing that it keeps me going some days as I imagine him and he's complete. He's not sick anymore. He's filled with joy. He is healed. And what a relief that must feel to him to not have to live in that body anymore and not have to be in that pain and not have to suffer. And every time that I, you know, go to that place of like such tremendous grief, I, I remind myself that he is free now from the prison of Pick's disease. And so I'd like to see him before that disease got a hold of him. I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> You're making me cry because um, I know Pick's disease is very similar to Alzheimer's. My my mother's dad passed away from Alzheimer's disease. Mm, and I'm I so witnessed sorry, it firsthand because I was with my mother um, a lot. My parents are divorced, but I was with my mother a lot as a child. And when my mother was working, my, my caregiver was my grandparents. And he mm. was around all the time. I witnessed it so much. And, yeah. um, so yeah, I have those memories of, of him at the end, but I, when I think back to him, I, I think 
when he would ride me on his Vespa around the yard or we would take the dog walking around down the road, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He used to ride his motorcycle to Florida. So in his <laughs> in his 80s. And I'm like, okay, that's before Alzheimer's disease took over. So oh, I'm yeah. so sorry that happened. But I just got diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So your dad? My aunt. Oh, your aunt. Uh, oh. Yeah. Mom's aunt, but we I still call my aunt. But yeah, mm. she got diagnosed with Alzheimer's just a couple months ago. And so we're like, my family are still trying to like figure out caregiving yeah. and yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yep. I'm so sorry. It is it's such an awful, awful, awful disease. And um it's taking them younger. You know, my dad was 66 when he died. It's so young Mm -hmm. and he got it in his fifties, you know, but you hear of people in their forties getting it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's why I fight so hard with the Alzheimer's association to raise awareness and to raise money, because I truly feel that we are so close. We may, we, you know, like cancer, we may not be able to eradicate the disease, but what we are close to figuring out are new drugs, new technologies, new things that will help us to, you know, really slow down the disease in a tremendous way. Um, or catching it early, like with cancer, that you can beat it, right? Yep. So that, and, and what people don't understand is right now there's, you know, it's the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. And it is um, predicted, we've predicted that that will grow times four in the next 10 years, the number of people that end up with Alzheimer's or dementia. So this is, it's a crisis and it's a crisis that, you know, we need all hands on deck for. Well, thank you so much for your work. I mean, like we, we know about your charitable works with when it comes to Alzheimer's and caregiving for caregivers for the families also. So like, I hope you don't and, mind me asking, and this is something that I struggle with because you're a woman of faith. Um, this is something I struggle with because my life has been crazy. I've, I've dealt with sexual abuse I've dealt with physical abuse I've dealt with you know physical disabilities I've dealt, dealt with homelessness I've dealt with all these things how do you keep your faith mm-hmm. through all that I hope I, I, I hope I hope I don't like cross the line and ask that question I no. oh no I love it this is a real conversation my favorite kinds of conversations by the way Camille I I I also have experienced sexual abuse and physical abuse as well. Um, And um, that's part of the hard, right? Going through those hard things that I was talking about. And I'm really open about it because again, um, you know, when when I had suicidal postpartum anxiety after my first child was born, um, I was looking online and looking at the, like, I was trying to find anybody who was talking openly about their postpartum. And I found one thing um, and it was Brooke Shields. 
and she was talking about it. And then after she came, opened up about it, then Tom Cruise, you know, came and like basically shot her down and was like, that's not what you were feeling. And if you would have done this, you wouldn't have had it. And like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they basically shamed her after she was so vulnerable and open about something that millions of women experience. And I was like, oh, no wonder we don't talk about this in an open forum. Yeah. I decided in that moment, I went on home and family for the first time. And I said, I'm going to talk about this postpartum. Okay. Right. Yeah. They're like, okay. <laughs> but luckily, they let me. And I, you know, in my interview, I talked about my suicidal postpartum anxiety. Yeah. And I did that because there, for the me's of the world that were looking for someone that I could connect to and not feel so isolated in my pain and so full of shame that I was experiencing this illness, right? Um, as if it was something I could control. Yeah. Um, I was like, people need to be talking about the hard things. They yeah. just do. And um, I honestly now, like, I don't know. I, I'm like a terrible person to take to a party because <laughs> I can't like talk about, you know, things like what so-and-so wore, what someone so posted on Instagram or what like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to have those conversations anymore. People, but if you want to talk about trauma and if you want to talk about grief and if you want to talk about like faith and overcoming stuff and all of that, like I'm your girl. But if you want to like talk about like gossip and all of that stuff, like I have, I have zero ability to be able to do that anymore. So <laughs> I try to still, I, I try to steer clear of parties. I'm like, yeah, you're, you probably don't want to invite me. I just might be a real downer. Um, but uh, to go back to your question of how do you keep faith inside of this? I will say it's, it's really hard. And it goes back to that thing where, you know, God never promised that it would be easy. What God does give me in those moments of extreme sadness or pain is I know that I am loved by this presence that is unconditional and unwavering. And in the moments where I didn't have love for myself and I didn't have self-love and I was being destructive and I didn't, you know, I, I the thing that would, that got me out of that was understanding that there was this God that loved me so deeply and unconditionally and so perfectly. And I would feel the grace inside of that. And I think that if we can just keep connecting to that, you know, God is in you and God is in me and God is in all of us, which is why, like Marianne Williamson says, you know, people wake up and they're like, well, if God existed, then why is there so much hunger? Well, what are you doing to try and rid the world of hunger? We are the soldiers on the ground. Yeah. We are the ones that are been, have been sent here for a purpose, and that is to leave the world in a little better place than we came into it. And I think that that for me is the thing that when I'm in that valley, right, connecting to that thing that is so much bigger than I am to know that at the end of the day, there is like presence. If everything else leaves me and I'm completely abandoned by everyone in my life, God will never leave me. 
It's hard though. Sometimes when you're it's so hard. It is hard stuff. It's so so hard. I mean, I've been so mad at God. Like my dad was the greatest human being on the planet, the most kind. I mean, talk about a man who walked like Jesus. Like this man, it didn't matter. Like he had such beautiful, unconditional love for people. And he taught me everything that I know about love. And why did he have to be taken? Yeah. You know, like, why do you, got, why do you have to take the, the good ones, the angels that mm. we need them, right? So I do wrestle with the darkness and I do wrestle with the doubt and, I talk to God. I just talk to God about it. I really do. I just like end up sitting down and I just like talk to God and, and, and sometimes I get an answer and sometimes I don't get an answer for, for a while. Oh, good Lord. I'm going to start crying again. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Uh, that was, um, okay. okay. Um, um, because this was the second film that you've released this year for Hallmark. Um, and the, the first one being Taking the Reins that released in October. And uh, you did it with Scott Porter. Love yes. That. Oh, yes. How <laughs> and Corbin Burson. Yeah. Love that movie. <laughs> yeah, we loved it. And, um, and you, you did you get you did get to film it right before your um your father passing away and then you started filming this one right after he passed. Uh, yes. Um, you've mentioned previously that both films have kind of helped you deal with your grief. Yes. In different ways. Yes, absolutely. I think for, you know, taking the reins, especially like that was the three weeks before my, my dad passed when we filmed that and I didn't want to leave him. And I even was trying to figure out a way to like back out of the movie and, and, and stay with my dad. And I just kept thinking that my dad would want me to go and do it. But, you know, he would want me to go and make the movie. He loved the Hallmark movies I did so much. And he was so proud. He was so proud. And he which was, was his favorite. Everyone. Which was his favorite. Um, I, know which ones were his favorite but like I can tell you like even when he was in his mind care facility um and I would FaceTime him you know in COVID when I couldn't get to him yeah. and we would FaceTime and Hallmark would always be on in the background <laughs> and he would just be sitting there and I my face would be on it and he would just be sitting there just like watching you know and it was just it, it was and he you know he had dementia so he would kind of look at the phone and see me and then look at the TV and then look at the phone and then look at the TV. And then he was like, he would, you know, cause he couldn't figure out why he knew he knew the person on the screen and that person was making him so happy. Right. But like, couldn't put the name to the face and exactly who I was to him, but he knew he, I was someone he loved. Right. Yeah. This was like, it's somebody I love, somebody I love. Um, but they brought him so much joy. And um, so I, and I went and did it and it was really hard. I mean, talk about doing hard things. Um, but at the same time, it was a place to put my pain. And I feel like with grief, especially, or with any kind of pain or trauma, 
we have this stuff and it's like, well, what are we going to do with this? Where do we put it? You know, like, where do we, where does it go? You know, cause yeah. it needs to get out of our body. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's, I put it in writing and I put it in acting and I put it into these creative things that I do. And I kind of just pour all of it into that. And it's, it's healing. I have found. i my favorite scene was with you at Corbett when y'all, oh, when he pulled out all of the articles that you written, your character wrote. And I was just, I said this on our podcast reviewing that movie. I was like, I, I never get that from my parents. You know, I never yeah. get the, I, I'm proud of you out loud. They do the actions, but there are some times where sometimes I want the words it. too. You know what I mean? And it's like, people forget that actions speak louder than words doesn't mean that the words don't need to be said. They need to be said also, as well as the actions. They need to go together. That's so true. We, Megan and I wrote that scene. Um, You know, we really wanted to beef up that character in the movie. And we wanted to get Corbin Burnson and you can't send a script to Corbin Burnson that doesn't have any meat on its bones. Yeah. Um, and so we rewrote his character and his arc uh, to really, to send to him so that he would say yes to the movie. But that was the, that was the scene that made him say yes to the movie. Um, that was my favorite scene in the whole movie too. I had a lot of great scenes, like, especially with Scott. We, I mean, gosh, I like, I would love to work with him again. You guys um, are awesome. I love to work with him again. I felt like I had known him my entire life. Like, I mean, brother from a different mother. Like, it felt like I had known him my whole entire life. He has the sweetest family. He is such a good dad and such a good husband and such a good human. And, and um, talented. I didn't know he could oh. sing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the video of him singing. Oh, he can sing. I mean, he is so unbelievably talented. That's the thing. Like he's 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 just like a gem. He's a gem. So I would love to find some high notes. That's what I, I know. I know. I told him too. I was like, your range is insane. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, but how come that wasn't in the movie? <laughs> I need to write something where he gets to sing in it. I really do. Oh, definitely. We've always said, you know, if there's an actor that that can sing, let them, you know. <laughs> let well, them he, can, he, he can't just Nikki, sing. You can he can sing, sing too. Not like him. I mean, <laughs> I, not like that. I mean, I sing and I definitely can Let's carry a tune. Let's forget your past as a girl group. <laughs> Look, if there was like, you know, if it came down to it and I had to like sing for my supper, I would definitely get my supper, <laughs> but I don't know, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm no Scott Porter, put it that way. <laughs> Maybe you guys can do a duet one time. Oh my gosh. Oh, that would be I so awesome that. if you guys could do like a, I know you guys do a lot of charity auctions or whatever. So would you be able yeah. to like do like a sing along with somebody for a charity auction or whatever. Like- that would be so fun. Oh, that's so fun. I try. I pitched a Hallmark so many years ago um, 
five years ago, actually, I said, I don't know why you guys aren't doing live concerts. Like you can host it in a place like Nashville. You have people buy tickets to come. You bring in Hallmark so stars who Hallmark can sing. There are so many Hallmark and, actors that can sing. Why haven't they? Yeah, and, and you use it also to promo like, you know, some Christmas movies coming up. You even get a couple, like a couple of the actors to, to reenact like scenes from certain movies. And you do a whole like gigantic Christmas production and you do it live. And it's kind of like, I, I, I pitched it like five years ago and they were like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's great. Um, maybe, maybe, with Wadia, maybe with Wadia, you could do it. Have you tried maybe again? Would, like, Maybe I, you know, I haven't gotten, I've connected via email with her, uh, but I haven't actually gotten, to, uh, because of COVID, I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of people in person, so I haven't gotten to meet her in person yet. I feel like the day that I do, I'm like, watch out, when I might send her an email and be like, be, like I'm going to have like 20 ideas I'm about to throw your way, so... Be, be be ready. Yeah, well, maybe you never know. You might. I would be one hundred percent behind the Hallmark the musical. I mean, <laughs> how much fun would like a live concert be? Especially so if fun. it were at Christmas time. I mean, people would eat that up. They would. That's love my that. point, Kayla. I know. <laughs> see, see, I am full of good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway. Um, <sighs> You've done so many Hallmark films. Which one was your favorite? Oh. <laughs> that's really hard. Um, that's really, really, really hard because they all have like a special place in my heart. I love The Dream of Christmas. Really? I love that character. I love that story. I loved the challenge of like the suspension of belief. And um, I just thought it was really beautifully done by Gary Yates. Um, just you've, start to finish, just such a seamless movie. You've um, done a lot of movies with Andrew. You've done like three, right? Three. I have done three with Andrew. Yeah. I love working with him. He's like family. Yeah. Um, but that's one of my favorites. And I also have a special place in my heart for... Um, well, in terms of just movies where I just had a blast, like the onset experience was just so much fun. Love to the Rescue was just so much fun because I got to work with Michael Grady for the first time, who is like, oh, just like the yummiest actor and human being and Michaela Russell. And we laughed so hard because Hallmark kind of just let me go to town with the comedy. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they're like, that's a little much. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'll put it back in the box. Um, but they like really let me play and they let us play with the comedy. So we had a lot of fun on that set. And then two turtle doves was really special because I got to work with Leslie Dimitriotis, who's an incredible director and producer and writer. And, um, again with Michael and Michaela. And that was, that was a, that was a special story to be told. Um, but in, but I, I I really dream of Christmas. Uh, that just special. And Lisa Derue was in that. Who's like one of my best friends. Yeah. Now I got to meet Lisa on that movie, and I'm just I'm obsessed with her. Like I'd love her to play my sister forever. We talk to her next week. We'll, no. well, then you can tell her all the things that I said because <laughs> she is just 
It's so funny I mean, because like, you, do look, you guys do look alike. Oh, I, I can't even tell you how many times people are like, do you, you, you know what you remind me of? Lisa Giroux. And I'm like, <laughs> that is number one, the best compliment because obviously like she's like legit, like a sister in real life. And, um, and also just a talent, man. I mean, that girl can do anything. She is so, so good at what she does. So like, when you bring Daru onto the set, you know that like she's gonna hit it out of the park. Yeah. And like when you're like for me, I wanna I, I wanna hire people that are at the top of their game, you know, that inspire me to work harder and to be better and to to you know, and she's one of those people. Like you better come ready to play when she comes onto the set. My personal favorite is Love Takes Flight from you. Oh yeah. That's a really cool movie. Jeff was great to work with. I love doing that movie because it was a Hall of Fame. So we actually got to do the movie in four weeks versus three. Yeah. Um, which is a giant gift. Because <laughs> doing these in three weeks is next to impossible. I'm just going to tell you. It's a brutal, like, 15, 16-hour days. It's, it's really rough. Um, but we had four weeks to do that movie. So we got to really get those big shots and shoot it like, you know, uh, the big wides and, you know, get in the helicopter and send that, send the camera up to get the pull aways and like do all of that stuff. And man, was it fun to be a part of something like that. And I love this story. The scenery was beautiful. And also it is like legit my dream to just play a doctor on television. (laughs) All I, all I ever want to do is to like play a doctor on television. Um, So that was like the first (laughs) question. question. Um, Can you give a quick rundown on Christmas for keeps? Yes. I will give you a little bit of a snippet because I think Megan and I are going to talk to you guys, but um, Christmas for keeps, uh, we pitched it as the big chill for Hallmark and it's a true ensemble story. And um, it is about a group of um, kids or actually adults that are 29. They're all on the verge of 30. So they're on the precipice of those big questions that you first start asking yourself. That's when you really start investigating those big life questions of, am I doing what I love? Am I um, going down the right path? Am I happy? What does the rest of my life look like? Do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? You know, all of those things start to come up and, um, So we wanted to investigate that. And we also wanted to find a way to really honor teachers. So we, the story is that one of their very beloved high school teachers, high school theater teachers passes away and they all have to come back home to be together again, to not just mourn him, but mostly celebrate him and to remind themselves of all the things that he taught them along the way. And it's that moment in your life where you realize like how far away am I from the person I thought I was going to be or the person or the dreams that I wanted to have? Like how far away did I get from that? And how can I get that back if I want it back? You know, so it's really a story that gets to honor teachers especially after this last year and a half that we've had, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it, they're like, they say heroes don't always wear capes. Well, I mean, teach, our t- teachers have been heroes inside of all of this and they always are, but especially in the last year and a half. And um, yeah, and so we, we are, I've never been so nervous for a premiere because, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, a different, it's a different vehicle 
this time. And I, I wasn't on, I wasn't on set for this one. So usually I have an idea of how good the movie's going to be from being on set and being in all the scenes and doing that. But like, we just sent the script off and it's like, Oh my gosh, now we don't know what's going to happen. Well, I have no doubt that it's going to be hit because anything with your name on it is always has been great. So Um, (laughs) anyway, thank you so much for talking to us. And I, this is just an honor. Literally. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies, so much. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Yep, yeah. next month. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.